Welcome back, Tiger fans, to the Rocket Nation's football podcast. I'm Nate Edwards. That's Aaron Dryden. Hello. And this is before the box score. Yeah, we're the uh, South Carolina Victory Edition. BK is not with us today. He's still alive, mind you, but he's just not here here. So yes. Aaron was kind enough to pitch in. Aaron, how you doing, my man? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, just watched a bunch of football, feeling good, feeling feeling really good about this Tigers victory. So I tell you, you got to win your clunkers. You have right? to. <laughs> That's that's a that's a good it's a good mantra for life and it's a good mantra for sports. There are going to be days, there's going to be games when you just forget to show up. Absolutely, you're not able to give your your hundred <laughs> percent. And in those situations, it doesn't matter how you win, you got to win. And I think basically, offense, defense, whatever, Missouri won a clunker with a C effort. What are your big takeaways here? Um, my big takeaways is just like, you know, winning ugly with this team is something that you kind of got to figure out how to do. And I think this is a good first step. That Kentucky game was a, was a step as well. And like, you can, you can push forward from this point. You can, we know how to win in in less than ideal environments when we're limited, when we're missing guys, missing coaches even. So I just think that, uh, you know, Winning, winning ugly is kind of a trait that you see in more older teams with uh, coaches who have been there for a while. And I think that for this team, which is pretty young, to be able to win a couple games in an ugly fashion, close ugly fashion, is, is good for them in the long term at least. Yeah. You know, this is coming in, this was not a good team. Just flat out, it was not a good team. So you had stars in certain areas, and we didn't know what we had at quarterback. But overall – it was a team that, let's be face it, dropped the ball last year, won only six games, and lost a lot of experienced talent. So yep. coming in, new coaching staff, bar was low. And there's there's seasoned guys here, but it's a new staff, it's a lot of new players, and yeah, it's it's it was going to be tough anyway. Then you take away all the depth. <laughs> you yeah. take away every guy, he backs <laughs> up every guy. You got a bunch of injuries with Kobe Whiteside, with Larry, uh, with Larry Borum, with Xavier Delgado. You just... You take all of that away, and then it's just, okay, well, just find a way to yeah, win. let and the young guys go. Let them go, man. <laughs> we saw Jay Macklin. We saw Elijah Young. We saw we saw a lot of youth, uh, uh, Jalen Carlis um, at the corner. I love that. So you saw a lot of guys getting pushed into action, uh, obviously earlier than what this staff wanted, but it's really nice to see what you have in the future, and it's also nice to win when you have to push that youth to the to the front unexpectedly. Definitely. Um you know, I think that this team has shown a lot so far this season. Obviously, every team has dealt with their fair share of adversity. But, you know, anytime you have a new coach, you have a bunch of guys transferring. Um, it happens at every school. Look at Mississippi State. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, to be able to replace some of these guys and, and just kind of make it work piecemeal, some of this stuff together on the offensive line especially, defensive line, you know, that stuff matters. And, and – to not get bullied around by an SEC level team, South Carolina is that. Whether we think they're bad or not, they are an SEC <laughs> level team. So, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to to move the ball and, and stop their run, who they, I mean, they have a running back who's ridiculous, leads the SEC in rushing yards, and he was held uh, under wraps. So, I mean, you can't ask for a whole lot more than that. Um, there's obviously places to improve, but upbeat is probably. Uh, how I would describe how I feel. <laughs> so let's see here. I officially, here's who was out: J.J. Hester, Sean Robinson, mm. Adam Sparks, Stacy Brown, Johnny Walker, Ish Burdine, 
Boo Smith, Cy Martin, Dylan Spencer, Markel Lutze, Ugh. and of course, Borm and Delgado were injured, same as Whiteside, who was there, and then Ryan freaking Walters, who called, who's called this defense for the past three years. Poor guy. Um, obviously, he, he has crafted this defense. This is his 100%. But David Gibbs, who you all know I'm not a huge fan of as far as his <laughs> yeah. football acumen goes, gets pushed into the D.C. chair. Um, Aaron, how did you feel about Coach Gibbs' performance uh, yesterday? You know, I thought he did pretty well. Um, they said, I thought I saw that he had been kind of doing this. They had an idea that this was going to be the case um, beforehand. So I thought he did pretty well. There were some things that I would, I don't know, change, would like to see different. But, I mean, all things considered, with the rust factor and everything, I thought they he did a pretty good job. I mean, they were coached up well. I thought they were physical and ready to play. I mean – not a lot more you can ask. I mean, assignment sound. So um, I thought Gibbs did a pretty good job. I thought everybody did a pretty good job on defense, especially responding. Um, um, mm-hmm. But I think that specifically on in the secondary, I think that they struggled a little bit. But there's, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we, we knew going in that they were going to be starting a true freshman. And then Jarvis Ware, who sophomore, I believe, sophomore. Um, and... You know, they're taking their lumps yeah. and, and yeah. they've... Uh, junior. Junior, junior. junior. okay. Yeah. Um, but they, they're taking their lumps and they're learning a little bit and, and we're hoping good things will come from that. So, yeah, I think all things considered, Gibbs did a pretty good job and hopefully we can get Walters back. I think there's a comfort level there, though. So... <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um I do find it ironic, at least in in my world, that for all the crap I give Gibbs about not getting, you know, turning the ball over, the defense seals the win with an interception. Now it wasn't somebody from the secondary, mind you; it was a linebacker. But uh, apparently, I was reading on Power of Mizzou that uh, when the last offensive drive stalled out for Mizzou, uh, Coach Drinkwitz was in the headset. And he said, "Hey, Gibbs, sorry, man, I gotta I gotta turn it over to you." Uh, you know, bit to bail us out, and he said, "Don't worry, man. We'll get a turnover here on this drive." They <laughs> went ahead and did it. So good. Uh, tip of the cap, you did it, man. You you, get, you put the guys in the right position. I will say, Luke Doty, for all of the the issues that he gave that defense, Devin Nicholson didn't have to move an inch to pick that. Not ball. at all. Yeah, it was. Uh, it hit him in the chest, and if he would have dropped it, then it would have been a whole different conversation. But yeah, hit him in the chest as if he was throwing to Nicholson. So. I don't know what else, what else I can, what else I can tell uh, my freshman quarterback if I'm South Carolina's coach, but don't throw it to the other guy, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, Devin Nicholson then proceeded to wear the turnover boxing robe slash smoking jacket slash whatever. Love that. Love it. What are your thoughts on? Oh, really? Okay, so you, you love the 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 boxing robe. Oh, I love it. Do you yeah. think the turnover gimmick, turnover item gimmick is is played out at this point? Uh, no, I don't think it is. I mean, maybe to us watching at home, but I think that that stuff is kind of cool. You know, you get a turnover, it gets everybody riled up. I want to I want to wear the robe. Shoot. I need to get me a robe. 
So uh, I think that, you know, it's a good tool. It's maybe a little silly, but it's something fun. And you're trying to attract 18-year-olds to your program. So I feel like you need to have fun stuff like that. You need to have a turnover rope or a chain. I mean, Miami's been iced out for years. So Mm -hmm. um, that kind of stuff kids (laughs) like. So, I mean, what can you say? I mean, you can't really be upset with it. Yeah, the the boxing the boxing shtick is a season thing, right? Oh, yeah. they, that was kind of the theme of their off season lifting program, their spring practice. It's uh, they punch a punching bag to get on the field. You know, they put the robot like it's it's a thing. It's obviously a thing bigger than just the turnover thing. I don't know how long it's going to last, mind you, but. <laughs> I think my personal favorite aspect was the fact that Devin Nicholson wore the turnover robe while going through the handshake line Ooh, after yeah. the game was over. I thought that was a uh, that was a good touch, Absolutely. a nice little reminder. Like, yeah, that's me. That was me. <laughs> Very spicy. Very spicy. Well, yeah, you know it's it's Columbia East, right? These are these are our true rivals. South Carolina is a true rival. So if whatever you want to do to add a little spice to it. I am 100% okay with it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we are uh, – 17-10 was the final score. All 17 points were scored in the, in the first half, and then Missouri just kind of held on for dear life in the second. Um, Aaron, let's go first with things that you didn't like. Was there any aspect of this game you're like, oh, man, that was that was not a good look, or uh, maybe they were just not on their A game in this, in this aspect? Uh, I would say probably in the second half, I thought the play calling in general was a little bit bland, kind of, I felt like we weren't really taking the chances that we needed to. Uh, I don't think that they were very threatened by South Carolina's offense, though, but at the same time, you can't sit on a lead like that. Um, Mm. A good team will come back and will beat you. Uh, South Carolina only beat us by seven, and I have the idea that they're pretty bad. They're maybe... A step and a half above Vanderbilt, like not that oh, good. Wow. So I just think that you you can't tuck your tail in between your legs and hope the clock runs out. We gotta be aggressive, and and I understand you're holding on for dear life with uh, not a lot of guys on the lines and not a lot of guys. Period. You don't have a lot of depth, but I think that you know all things considered, we got we just got to be more aggressive. Honestly. Um, mm-hmm. other than that, I mean, I don't have a lot, uh, I was tweeting during the game, defensive ends, uh, probably shouldn't fly up 10 yards upfield, create a big rushing lane. <laughs> Not uh, for a rushing quarterback. Yeah, yeah. You know, you would think, uh, I, biggest thing I remember when I was playing, my, the biggest thing I was taught was, especially if you're playing in, you're supposed to contain your side. Uh, never let this guy go outside. And most of the time when you are rushing the passer, uh, the tackle will gladly let you go upfield. He will take you upfield and mirror you all the way up there. It just creates a lane for the quarterback or the rusher. And it's, that's something that was a little troubling, um, especially as the game got a little bit tighter, but they figured it out. And uh, other than that, I mean, I thought they were pretty good. So Colin Hill is not a mobile guy. Now nope. he ran it a couple times, but he that's not really what he likes. Luke Doty, who I knew of but didn't know what he could do. I had no idea this kid could run like that. You play defensive uh defensive line. You're a defensive tackle, right? Correct. That's what you play? Yeah. Okay. One tech. One tech TT. I yes. love it. All right. So you've got experience doing this. When you go into a game 
and you come in with a with a pocket passer, there's one way that you want to play. And then if you got a, a mobile guy, there's a there's a different way that you want to do it. Can you kind of describe like when Missouri saw Doty come in and saw that he was running, what should have been the the switch, if you will, both for the tackles and the ends? Uh, and is that something that you saw Missouri consistently do throughout the game in that second half? Uh, I think you could kind of see uh, part of the part of the issue was not just the ends flying upfield, but I think the coverage behind them, they kind of switched it up at the end. They were playing a little bit of man, and it was burning them. He was running around and finding lanes and making a couple throws on the run, and that was a little bit of a problem in addition to his legs. But once they sat down in his own and made him read a defense, it really he struggled with it. So I think it was more so just not even just uh, the defensive line. We're not following our exact keys for this quarterback because your keys should be largely the same for every quarterback. You don't let anybody get outside of you. You control your gap, work a move if you're if it's a pass rush. But behind them more so, it was that's where Doty was starting to pick them apart is when they were in man versus zone. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever the change was, you know, it, it came. <laughs> they, yeah. <laughs> they got the field goal. Uh, they did get a touchdown in that second-to-last drive. And I think every single Mizzou fan, you're, you and me can, included, looking at the fact that they had the ball, mm. 99 yards, at the end of the game, you're like, yep, it's going to be a 99-yard drive that's going to kill us. Um, and so there, the anxiety factor was very high. Um, but that last drive – uh, if you're looking at it here, it was it was a couple dump off passes to Harris, Kevin Harris, the running back. It was four yards, four yards. Nick Muse, who had a hell of a game, yeah, grabs a eight yard pass on third and two. Then they force a bad pass on first and ten, and then Devin Nicholson picks it off on second and ten. Game over at that point. Um, and it, it doesn't matter how you do it, right? Whatever no. the changes come, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's play to play, whatever. But uh, they came away with it, and, and that was the greatest part. And I, I do think from a defensive line standpoint, especially how thin they are, it wasn't perfect. But um, I don't know. I was impressed, especially with Isaiah McGuire. What do you yeah. think of that young man? Uh, I think Isaiah is a good player. Uh, definitely has a future in the program. Definitely can compete for snaps. Um, I like uh, from the interior spot the push that he gets upfield. He does a good job of working moves and using his hands to extend. He does a lot of small things really, really well. And I think next year probably is when you see him start to go to that next level. But at the same point, um, I think that he has potential to where he could maybe even kick out on the outside too, sort of like an Akeel Byers. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's just kind of guys – learning and playing wherever they need to play so that we can get these games in. So some guys are going to end up playing D tackle. Like I saw uh, Chris Turner, plenty of snaps in the interior. So, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody's just sacrificing what they're maybe used to. And we're just trying to get the guys on the field who can play. Um, McGuire can definitely play. uh, And I think that we should be probably taking a uh, look for him over the next couple of years. He's a good player. Yeah, I mean he's uh, listed at six five two eighty, so that's very much a a Coney Ely type. Yeah, that's SEC size. Yeah, like you can you can kind of be whatever you want to be and tackle however you want to do it. I don't know what he prefers, but he seems to be play inside most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other name that uh, guy who flashed for me, who I'd never really thought about, just because he's been like injured all the time, Darius Robinson. 
He okay. had a lot of uh, a lot of disruption. Yeah. Uh, maybe not from a stat standpoint, but just a line implosion standpoint. I was. He's been gone for so long. I was just kind of like, okay, yeah, we lost our backup piece, but I thought I thought he did well in the opportunities that he got. I thought so too. Um, I was I didn't uh, see very much of Darius so far. I was going to go back and look at the film again, but mm-hmm. I thought that in general the interior guys did a pretty good job, and I think they had a a really big task um, stopping Kevin Harris. I think that guy is good. That mm-hmm. guy is a. Uh, a boss. I don't think his offensive line's very good, and he manages to just run all over teams all in the conference. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm trying to find how many yards he wasn't even their leading rusher. Uh, Doty was. Well, he had 58 yards yeah. on 16 carries. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I don't think you can ask very much more. The interior holding their own, like uh, all of them. I think I thought I thought I saw Turner have a good day. I saw. Uh, Isaiah McGuire made a couple flashes. You know, just that those interior guys I thought really stood out to me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just owning the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And, of course, you know, the, we have to mention him. It's almost a cliche at this point. Nick freaking Bolton. Uh, 14 total Balls. tackles, 8 solo. Just, I don't know. He's a wrecking ball. What more can we say about the guy? And he needs to be playing on Sundays. He needs to be playing for a check. Um, <laughs> yeah. He has uh, no business destroying SEC defenses right now. Um, I'd like to see him play for the Chiefs uh, right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's such a good player, flying all over the field, making tackles behind the backfield, um, making tackles, chasing down the play. He just did a really good job, I thought. And he, they put him in different positions all the time to do different stuff like rest the passer. And I think I, I thought he did a really good job of doing that too. Um, definitely gets in, makes his presence felt, and maybe doesn't always make the tackle, but definitely is affecting the play, moving the pocket, forcing the quarterback mm-hmm. to move off of his spot. So, um, you know, I just – we're going to have to, at some point, have a discussion about where he is in the hierarchy of Mizzou linebackers, but mm-hmm. that day might not be today, but I think it's safe to say that he's up there for sure. He's he's a good one. So we can, we can discuss this. It was on the Twitters last night. I saw people kind of talking th- back and forth. It's like, okay, um, Bolton or, with, or Weatherspoon, mm-hmm. right? Bolton or Spoon. But – what about Kentrell Brothers? What about Kale Garrett's most magical five games of all time? <laughs> exactly. What about, uh, you know, Andrew Wilson? He was not much of a disruptor, but, man, that was a solid linebacker. Uh, you can think of, you know, Will Lambert on the outside. Mm-hmm. Xavier uh, was Xavier Gooden, yeah. uh, who actually was drafted. Trez Hall, who's playing for the Patriots right now. Like, Missouri quietly has a pretty good linebacker fraternity, and – I think Bolton's near the top, but there's a lot of guys that you can pick from to say, yeah, this this is your Mount Rushmore of Mizzou linebackers. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it would probably be between Spoon and Bolton. Um, and you could throw an honorable mention to Kentrell just because I thought mm-hmm. he played on, on some important teams and, and was a beast on those teams. So you could include him in the conversation. But from a pure skill standpoint, I think Bolton – and Witherspoon just stand out as two different dudes. Those are two different dudes mm-hmm. athletically. Um, just move different. Bolton's a little undersized. They always talk about him being kind of a smaller linebacker, but he just flies around the field. It almost feels like he has the speed of the safety sometimes. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, okay, so you're an NFL guy. I'm not, really. Um, if you were a, a GM and trying to be as unbiased as possible, where would you draft him and, and where would you want to put him on your on your defense? Well, I am a Cleveland Browns fan, and uh, if <laughs> I got the chance to draft Nick Bolton, I would draft him with our first-round pick, and I would stick him in the middle of our defense immediately. Um, wow, okay. He's uh, – I, I, that just kind of – stands to how much I think of Nick Bolton as the player. Um, he's just so talented. He does so many different things and, and is so versatile. And in a day and age like this, you need versatile linebackers. You have to be able to cover. You have to be able to run guys down. You have to be able to fill gaps. So guys like Bolton are kind of this modern linebacker, and he gets the comp to, uh, I think I heard BK say Devin Bush. Was that was that right? <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was a good one. I think I mean I think that's that's pretty spot on. I mean, as far as if you're gonna compare him to somebody, I don't I don't think it's fair to compare him to like Erlacher or whatever he may be, but sure. I mean, he's a, he's definitely yeah. a, a talented dude and he fits that mold. He fits that mold that teams are looking for. So I think he would definitely be maybe our first round pick, maybe second even. You know, just depends yeah. on how he tests, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he's absolutely incredible, and you know, as far as other uh, names that really stood out on defense, Martez Manuel had one and a half tackles for loss. Yes, Enos uh, Rakestraw got in there for a sack. Like, we had a very active secondary, a very young active secondary. So the future is bright back there. Um, and even if Nick Bolton leaves, which <clears throat> he should, he should. Um, yes, please get, do not play for money, free. Man. Yeah, don't play please for free. Don't. No, 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 no. Um, it, we will miss him, but he he has done enough to show, and and I think there's a lot of young, exciting defensive talent uh, on that side. Now, on the flip side, the offensive line, which might be, if it weren't for the defensive line, would be the most maligned COVID unit at this point. Absolutely. Um, Luke Griffin, third string guard, gets to start. Um, you know, Dylan Spencer, who is a freshman backup, missed the first half and wasn't even around to play for this game. Uh, and we, it's already thin coming in, and then COVID wiped out everybody else. So you had uh, Jalen Foster being pushed up. You had Bobby Lawrence getting pushed up. It's just it's kind of a patchwork thing right now. Seven guys to play five spots. They weren't great. You know, Larry Roundtree almost looked like every time he got the ball, he was getting shot out of a cannon into a wall. Yeah. Um, but what was your assessment of a very overmatched offensive line yesterday? You know, I mean, I thought they did what they could. You know, um, obviously they didn't have a lot behind them. I know it was uh, Luke Griffin's first start. I actually went and looked at about 15, 20 of his snaps yesterday, and I thought he was pretty good. Um, those were first half snaps. But, I mean, he was pretty good, moved his feet, and didn't allow too much pressure. But, I mean, as a whole, I didn't – I I don't know. I just don't think <laughs> you wouldn't want him in any normal circumstance. You Correct. Want him yeah. He's, yeah. he's not ready. He's not ready to play. A lot of these guys aren't ready to play and that's okay. They weren't supposed to play. Um, and this is good for him. And I, I think I saw mm-hmm. Basilic with a quote with Dave matter. He said, these are free games, free games. So, yeah. Um, yeah. that's what, that's what they should be used for, honestly. And I, and I'm trying to hold back so much, uh, some of the criticism just because these guys really should not be playing, uh, right now. Mm-hmm. I don't like Javon Foster should probably not be playing at this moment in time, ideally. Mm-hmm. 
and neither would Luke Griffin. Probably you would not want Zeke Powell starting for you at left tackle. Um, That's not any of their faults. And they've come in and done a decent job. I mean, you can't expect the world of them. But they've come in and filled in and done what they can do. And, I mean, we're three and three. So, I mean, how mad can I be at those guys really, you know? Um, No. Yeah, you really can't. I've I've said it all year. Like, just use this season just to figure out what you have, Drink. Like, see what you got. Get crazy. Get some experience. Win a couple games. And we're good. And – Halfway through the schedule, which I know it's November 22nd and we're only halfway through technically, um, three and three. And that's that's already matched basically what everyone expected of this team. I think it was somewhere between two and three wins. Uh, and we're already there. And we've got the easiest slate of games coming up after this. Exactly. So, yeah, like – we got Arkansas next week, which uh, Barry in Arkansas, okay. Ugh. But you got Mississippi State, which just gave Georgia a run for its money. You've got Vanderbilt, which is bad. They're just very bad. bad. Yeah, just bad. Uh, and then you got maybe Georgia, where that's still not officially rescheduled yet. But you know, you're at, you got three wins. You have a shot at you know maybe five, and then we're all going to a bowl, assuming assuming that you know COVID doesn't knock that off. So. I don't know. It's I've seen enough. I'm not. I, I didn't come into this season and looking for big takeaways, large sweeping statements on the program. Just like I didn't expect anything from yesterday's game. But wins are always good, and experimentation's good, and experience is good. So I mean, as far as the team goes, you're feeling pretty good, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I said this yesterday. I don't think a Barry Odom led team wins that game yesterday. I just don't. Um, and you know, like I said, winning ugly is something that you're going to have to do. And, you know, you can't be upset with three and three. You just, I just don't see how you could be. Um, they have, a, a everything's laid out for them for the rest of the season to be able to finish off on a really strong note and make some impressions on some recruits, a uh, certain one from slew high school. Um, <laughs> right. uh, we would like, uh, him to be noticed but yeah i mean this stuff is important and maybe it may not make a big deal it might be not be a big deal in a long-term thing but um i think that it's a definitely a good thing that they're winning games and staying competitive and beating teams that they should beat that's the biggest thing yeah and making money yeah of course that's really the most important part (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Got to keep the budget in, in check. So. That's right. That's right. I just – I'm not going to take any long-term evaluations of this game. It was it was a win, and that's the important part. It's a win over a peer program. Whether they have a head coach or not doesn't matter. Um, if this was a normal season and we beat Kentucky and South Carolina and, yes, lost to Tennessee, that's a pretty good season. Mm-hmm. That's a good season in a normal year, and we're doing that in COVID. And I don't want to take that away from anybody. I you know, this, the game doesn't mean a whole lot, but seeing it happen and seeing winning ugly, that Eli Drinkwitz can do that. I mean, winning ugly is what we've been doing. Had the ugly shootout against LSU, had yeah. the had the uh, ugly grinded out against Kentucky, and now we got this one. I'm okay with that. It shows that he can he can be versatile. Shows that he can rally the troops when when things are down, and shows that he can be creative with a super thin roster. I mean, these these are the things that I'm looking for. And, yeah. And, and I, I like that he has shown the ability to do that. He's not perfect. Coach Drink was not perfect yet, but he has shown 
a lot more malleability and adaptability than we've seen from previous regimes. <laughs> and I think that in that in particular is is the bright spot to really pin your pin your hat on here. Definitely. Um, you know, this this season was never going to be perfect by any means, but I think that uh, a good starting point for this program going forward was to develop a process and to at least make sure that you're developing it within that process, I guess. So um, making sure that competing in, in these small games, in these close games like this, and we're not going to give up when the other team uh, scores a touchdown in the fourth quarter and it's all of a sudden a one score game we're not going to crap our pants stuff mm-hmm. like that and building a foundation i think is super important and even if you know missouri could win uh, a game win two more games win three more games but i think we've seen what we need to see to feel good going forward yeah so got a game this week against arkansas we'll dive into that later this week but while i have you aaron have you watched a lot of Arkansas, or do you know anything about them, and how do you feel about the matchup this week? Um, I've seen a little. Uh, I, I think that Felipe Franks is pretty good. I think he's not the same guy that we saw at Florida. Uh, he's not. And and they're doing some different things with him. They're, they're not afraid to let him air the ball out, and I think that's probably good for him. And that is something that I would worry about if I was Mizzou a little bit. Um, we're, test, we're not – very tested on the outside and that's probably where my eyes are looking towards if I'm Barry Odom but on that same note um, this is a team that Missouri can run on they should be able to run on this Arkansas uh, team Uh, and I think that Larry Roundtree uh, we need more touches for Tyler Vady got to get him involved um, that's the kind of game this is going to have to be. I think it's going to have to be a real slugfest kind of a thing because Barry's going to be—he's going to have us scouted and uh, everything's going to—he's going to have them ready to go. It's just a matter of um, are we going—are we going to play our game? Or are we going to let him dictate um, how we play? Mm-hmm. You know, for the most part. Even if the game is being dictated, I'm thinking mostly like the Kentucky game where they just like, no, you got to run with us. And mm-hmm. Drink said, okay, fine. Even if that happens, I feel fairly confident so far in Drinkwitz's ability to adapt and, and make a game plan around that. Definitely. You know, with, with Arkansas in particular, at least from a defensive standpoint, they really feast on turnovers. Something that you didn't see the Missouri defense do all that often when Barry was in charge. Of course. Um, but they've, they've, They've got the kids who can turn you over. Interceptions, fumbles, they they feast on that. They feast on uh, small fields and just kind of leaning on you and hoping you make a mistake and then capitalizing on it. It's very uh, it's very Kentucky-ish yeah. uh, kind of <laughs> game. So who's pretty good at not making mistakes? Well, Connor Baselak's not pretty good at avoiding mistakes. He didn't have smart reads yesterday, but he's, for the most part, good at, at avoiding that sort of thing. So I don't know. I haven't I – haven't, dove too deeply into Arkansas yet but um I just I want to beat Barry I want to beat him real bad I would love <laughs> I to beat Barry um <laughs> I know I actually I like too. Barry I like Barry though that's the thing yeah. I, I don't think he's a bad guy or anything like that um but yeah this is the one day of the year where no I'm not rooting for Barry Odom I'm just not <laughs> that's right that's right yeah he's uh he's gonna be good just not now. He's a, probably one of the better defense coordinators in the world, which is great. Um, 
however he is as a head coach, he'll figure that out eventually. But yeah, not 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 this time, not this time, Barry. Yeah. So um, yeah, any last thoughts on South Carolina? Obviously, we've we've gone a little bit farther than that. But any any lasting impressions from the Gamecock game? Um, no, not really. Just you know, it's nice to win games. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know, you can't go broke taking a loss. That's the old saying. <laughs> so, or what is it? You can't go broke taking a win. Maybe something like that. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah something like that. Um, but you know, I think that just winning games period is good and it's good to get a good feeling for these guys. Good for the seniors who have, you know, dealt with a lot in their four to five years on campus. And so, uh, being able to win some of these games and break the streak against Kentucky. And, Mm -hmm. uh, this will be the second year in a row we beat South Carolina. You know, that's, that's good stuff. That's, those are, uh, things that you can build on and there's nothing that you should be upset about that. Absolutely. So we'll get back to God, it's gonna be on Friday. Holy cow. Yeah, this is gonna be quick a quick turnaround, week. yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, it'll be at home. Uh it'll be in Columbia, so that'll be a, a boost and hopefully we get some of our injured guys back. Hopefully the quarantine protocols uh are able to free up some guys and we can get some death back. Uh, so we will see what happens. Um but that is gonna be our show for today. Thank you, Aaron, for pitching in. I appreciate it. As hey, always. Anytime, man. And for you all, we appreciate the downloads and the subscriptions. You can leave a comment or you can rate us because we love all types of feedback. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at Nate G. Edwards. He is at iAirDry. And, of course, you can follow the Rockin' Flagship at Rockin' Nation. We appreciate you tuning in this time. We'll try to do better next time. And until then, I'm Zing. Zing.